Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Hey everyone, Pastor Andrew here. It's great to be with you again, our online slash digital family, wherever you're watching this or listening to this from. It is uh, just a privilege to spend these moments with you. I just have like one big overarching question for you. How are you doing? Kids, how is it going in homeschool or back in school? Parents, how are you doing dealing with and handling everything. Our heart and our desire is to just walk with you through this season. So if you need uh, anything, if you need anything, our office is still open. We're still meeting to counsel uh, people and walk with them spiritually, to pray with them. You can sign up for one of our group experiences. Our Hearing God series is over now. We're stepping into the book of Ephesians again. But those in-person times together have been absolutely incredible. So if you need anything, just email me, andrew at mp.church. And uh, I would love to be able to serve you. Our team would love to be able to serve you in any way we can. I understand. I feel the weight of everything going on, too. And um, I just want to encourage you as we step back into the book of Ephesians, I think one of the, the most powerful truths in the book of Ephesians is Paul's overarching sort of commentary, his bringing to light the reality that the natural realm has a counterpart in the supernatural or the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm is real. It's as real as the paper I'm touching and the camera I'm looking into and the couch you're sitting on or the car you're driving in or whatever it is. The spiritual realm is real. And part of Paul's overarching sort of thesis for the whole book of Ephesians is that these two realms, the natural realm that we live in and breathe in and work in and play in and, you know, go to school in and all of this stuff, has a counterpart, the supernatural realm, but these two realms are, are interchangeable. They, you can't separate them from each other. They're interwoven together. That's maybe a better word. They're interwoven together. And the one impacts the other. And so I know in the natural, we're experiencing right now, just it's overwhelming and it's frustrating and it's demoralizing and it's you know, we struggle with hope and we struggle with perseverance and we struggle to have faith and we struggle emotionally and we struggle in our relationships and we struggle on so many levels in the natural and those are all real and they are all significant. But there is conversely a supernatural realm and reality. And this is the amazing thing that Paul is saying in the book of Ephesians is that God has actually called us to live out of the reality, God's reality for life that's found in the supernatural realm. Let's just uh, jump right into chapter one. I'm going to read a longer section. So grab your Bible. I want to encourage you, uh, even if you have your phone, 
that's great as a secondary backup, but grab your physical Bible, grab a pen, a highlighter, whatever you want to use. Um, you know, you'll, you'll see, I don't know if you can see this, but this is my chapter one, the first number of verses in Ephesians. And you'll notice that I use a ruler <laughs> to highlight everything. I'm a bit, a uh, little anal about that, uh, and my wife always bugs me for that. I even use a ruler with a highlighter, which is super weird, um, maybe, but that's just my way of digging into Scripture, and I want to encourage you to get a pen, get a ruler, get your Bible. Students, get a Bible. Kids, get your Bible if you want. Open it up to Ephesians 1, and uh, let's just read through this, because I believe that as we sort of uncover this little reminder here for our lives as we dip back into the book of Ephesians. We need a bit of a reset for ourselves in the midst of this global moment we're in, this global uh, pandemic moment we're in, wherever you land on the spectrum of how you process that. What we need to come back to is truth and reality. And Paul is laying out for the Ephesian believers um, this truth that God has a reality, a supernatural and a spiritual realm reality that can and should influence how we live out of the world and uh, in the world and in our daily lives. We can live out of a different reality which is God's ultimate reality. Let's just read this. This letter is from Paul, all right? Chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. Just in case you're wondering, I'm reading the New Living Translation. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. So God is, or sorry, Paul is specifically writing to faithful uh, followers of Jesus in Ephesus, a city which is now modern-day Turkey, uh, then called Asia Minor. Uh, this was a really important city of great commerce. It was uh, a recognized um, uh, a trading hub. It had uh, a very developed uh, seaport that allowed it to be a trading hub for goods and people and ideas and all of this stuff. Very prominent city. This city, spiritually, uh, the prevailing idea was um, that there are many gods, that there are many spirits and in the supernatural realm, in the spiritual realm, and that your life was basically running around trying to make sure that you didn't upset things in the spiritual realm and, and that you were on the, on the up and up with the right deities and the right gods. And so they were a deeply spiritual people, um, in that culture and in society. And the Christians that Paul is writing to, the followers of Jesus would have been coming out of that. That's why for them to, get a, 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 a few pages of writing like Paul is offering that is a deep dive into the spiritual realm would not have been um, awkward for them or off base for them. They would have totally understood what Paul is aiming at here. He says, I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. 
All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, this is where your ruler and pen can come in handy. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. I want to suggest that you underline that whole statement. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, underline these words, God loved us. And then underline these, chose us. In Christ, underline that, all right? To be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us, underline that. Adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong, underline that, who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Underline that, circle it, highlight it. I don't care what you do. That is so important for us. This is the, the, the central truth of our lives that we have to come back to in this season uh, that is so oppressive and so daunting and so frustrating and so demoralizing that above and beyond the COVID stuff and above and beyond political stuff and above and beyond sort of the real troubles of our daily life, the stuff that you're walking through and facing today and the stuff that I'm walking through that I'm facing Above and beyond that, God decided in advance, (laughs) in advance of all this stuff going on, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And it's what he wanted to do. In the midst of all of this trial and suffering and pain and disillusionment and confusion and everything that you're experiencing. God is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased your freedom already. You have a new and a different reality that you can live out of because of the blood of Jesus, who is the son that God loved. He has showered his kindness on you today, on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Circle that, underline it. That links us right back to Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians chapter two, that the the work of the Holy Spirit, part of what God wants to do is not keep us in the dark, is not have us stumbling around uh, blindfolded, unable to kind of perceive what God is calling us to or where he's leading in our life or what's coming next or, or, or how we should even live. He's not wanting you to stumble around in life. He's actually wanting to pour out his wisdom and understanding to you through the Holy Spirit. Go back and read 1 Corinthians 2. And you'll see and understand that the Holy Spirit who knows everything about God, who knows the mind of God, who knows everything about his purposes and his plans and his wisdom and his knowledge also knows you 
and his desire is to reveal to you the deep things of God, the, the very heart of God for your life, the knowledge of God, the purposes of God for salvation, and but not just salvation, for your whole life. So that you and I can actually make it today through this all, that we can walk with a sure footing and foundation when all the world is crumbling around you and I. God says that his desire is to lead us and to give us wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. <laughs> At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, underline that one, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance. Big underline there. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. Oh my goodness. Underline that, cross-reference that with Romans 8, Paul's teaching in Romans 8. Look at, he's literally saying God makes everything work out according to his plan. God is not, uh, you know, some far off, distant, aloof deity who created the cosmos and then punted it out into eternity and is now sort of just doing his own thing, leaving us to our own devices. The, the word of God, the, the witness of scripture, what Paul is saying is that even these difficult things we walk through, there's purpose in them from God. There's a, a potentially redemptive purpose for everything you go through in life. Go back to Romans 8. God can take anything, even the worst of the worst that we're, we're, we're witnessing now and we're up against, he can take it and turn it into good that God has Everything worked out according to his plan. Even your life today is not being lived in a vacuum outside of God's leadership and his capacity and desire to not only lead you, but love you, lead you in peace, lead you in hope, lead you in safety and security. God's purpose was that the Jews who were first to trust in Christ would uh, bring praise to the glory of God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, underline this, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as circleless, his own, by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Paul goes on to say, ever since the, I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord, 
Jesus, and your love for God's people everywhere. I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you too can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I pray that you will understand. This is like Paul's prayer, not only for the Ephesians then, but his prayer for you today, his prayer for me today. We can join him in this for our lives. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for those who believe him, the incredible greatness of his power as your back is up against the wall, the incredible greatness of his power to carry you through what you're feeling right now, what you're processing, even if you feel like giving up and throwing in the towel, if you feel like you're at your wit's end or the end of your rope, if you feel that you have no capacity left to give, that you have no life left to live, that you have no joy left to exude, if you feel like everything is closing in and crashing in on you, Paul and I am saying that God has incredible greatness and power for those who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. What everyone thought was impossible, what everyone discounted, what everyone assumed God would never do, what everyone kind of ruled as an impossibility of life, as an insurmountable um, mountain, as a, odds that were too great to bridge over them, God raised Christ Jesus from the dead and that very power that raised Christ 2,000 years ago is coursing through the bones and the bodies and the lives and the souls and the hearts and the minds of those who follow Jesus Christ. It's the same power that raised him from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, he, Jesus, is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his holy, oh, sorry, the church is his body, I need glasses, I guess. The church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Look at what Paul is saying. Like, this is what God has done. This has been the plan and the heartbeat of God even before you were born, even before he formed the world. God had you in mind. He loved you. He desired relationship with you that he has done everything necessary to to actually be in intimate, life-giving relationship with you. And as a part of that, God has loved you. He's chosen you. He's called you. He's adopted you. He's not only adopted you, the whole inheritance that comes with him and his kingdom, he's transferred over to you. 
Listen to how Paul says this in Colossians 1, 13 and 14. This same idea, Paul says this, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. God reached down into the, the pits of hell, so to speak, right into the camp of the enemy, right into the devil's innermost camp, and he ripped us out of darkness. He pulled us out of bondage. He pulled us out of futility. He pulled us out of darkness. He pulled us out of hopelessness. He pulled us out of, you know, weakness and a lack of strength and capacity. He pulled us. It was God who reached out to grab you. Why? Because he loves you. Listen to what Paul says. He's transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son. Some translations say the son in whom he loved. I don't know who needs that reminder today. The Lord knows I do. Well, the whole overarching theme of the book of Ephesians and one of the most fundamental and foundational principles we need to grasp is that there is a natural and a supernatural, a spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm is actually a reality just as real as this one is. But it's actually a reality that God lives out of that is different than this one. It's got different values and it has different um, sort of assumptions and it has a different way of thinking and believing and acting and doing. There's resources in God's kingdom, in his supernatural realm. Every blessing of his is yours. He's holding nothing back from you. He's holding nothing back from you. Everything that he has, he's giving you as a father who loves you and who cares for you and wants to strengthen you and encourage you. He's calling you his son or daughter by name and everything that comes with that is yours. You're not an exile. You're not abandoned. You're not alone. You're not a misfit. You're not, you know, an other than. You are perfectly who he has made you to be and all of the resources that come with his presence and his name and his kingdom are available for yours. The question that we need to answer and that Paul is getting at is that are we willing to begin to live out of that reality or do we only live out of the reality that we're faced with every day as we walk on this earth? Are you living out of the reality that comes into you from, you know, CBC and CTV and global news or your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed or your TikTok or Twitter or whatever the next thing is? Are you, is that the reality that's shaping and forming your life? If it is, it's going to overwhelm you and kill you. It'll, it'll split you apart into fractured pieces, but there's a reality of the kingdom of God because of Jesus and through through the ministry and work in the inner life of the Holy Spirit that we can live out of, that will strengthen you. It will actually mend your brokenness and pull you together. It will heal and restore your soul and your life. It'll give you a firm foundation to stand on. Jesus said that he in and of himself had springs of living water and anyone who comes to him and, and drinks of him, who invests their life in him who dives into his presence 
Anyone who does that will never thirst again. And he said that he's the, the bread of life, the bread that came down from heaven, the thing that most sustains your life. And so which reality are you living out of? Are you living out of what you're faced with every day through your devices and relationships and through your natural thinking? Or are you living out of this different reality where you have every blessing the very power that raised God from the dead, Jesus from the dead living in you. Paul goes on to say, once you were dead because of your, this is chapter two now, your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin. This is the way life used to be for you. And that way, that reality, that natural living, living out of your own strength and out of your own capacity, the result is death and sin. The wages of sin is death, Paul says in Romans, just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. So Paul is saying, what are, you, what, are you, what are you up against? This is what he's teaching. There's two realities. There's two realms. There's God's kingdom that he's invited you. Uh, he's called you. He's loved you. He's adopted you. He's chosen you. You have immeasurable value to God. And he's uh, actually brought you in as his adopted son or daughter, giving you a full inheritance and access to every blessing in heavenly places. But on this other side, we're faced with the competing offer to live out of our own strength, to live out of our own desire, to live out of our own flesh, to follow the cultural waves of the day, the zeitgeist, the cultural ideas that are prevailing over governments and countries and social groups and people groups. And, and the third one is the devil himself in the kingdom of darkness. The devil, our culture, and our own flesh and desires are all competing for our way of living and of life. And Paul is saying, look, we have a choice. We can live off of one platform over here that will actually lead to death, or we can actually um, step into the with God life, the with Jesus life. And with that comes every blessing and resource of the kingdom of heaven. And this is what Paul is talking about in Ephesians. He goes on to talk about... Um, you know, relational unity and our need for that. Paul goes on to talk about the things that become then essential for our growth. And he's talking about the life of the church and spiritual gifts and all of these things. But this um, sort of the basis of what he's leading us up to as we jump back into chapter four next week, what Paul is laying as a foundation for us is the reality that there's there are two realities that we can live out of. The question is, where are we going to? Are you going to um, recognize that you are loved by God, that you have been chosen by him, that you have been called by him, that you're gifted by him, 
that you've been adopted by him into his family, that he loves you and wants relationship with you. And out of that, he wants to lead your life. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to actually give you a new way of thinking and processing, a way of thinking and processing that is actually counter-cultural, counter-intuitive, counter sort of the lies of the enemy. What Paul has identified is that, that those three main sources that are vying for, you know, how we process and how we think and which platform we live out of are the devil, our culture, and our own flesh. In Romans 12, verse 1 to 3, Paul says it this way, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, even the way that you live, how you live, what you decide and determine to do. Our body is the outward interface and expression of our choices and our actions. It's how we interface with the world around us. And what Paul is saying is, look, even that God is calling you to surrender your life in every capacity and facet to him. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Again, we've got two different operating systems and platforms, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This phrase in Ephesians, in Christ or with Christ or um, you know, because of Christ is the dominant sort of message that Paul is getting across. Eleven times in chapter one, he uses that phrase or a derivative of it in Christ and 30 times through the whole book. What is Paul saying? The basis of the starting place of our life is to live out of the reality of Christ in us, through us, for us, around us, behind us, under us, over us, Christ in all and all. The foundation of our life that we need to come back to in this season where it seems like the world is hemorrhaging, <laughs> the world is shaking and quaking and, you know, there's political dissension and violence and countries uh, experiencing coups in Myanmar and the overthrow of governments. And we have political turmoil all over the world and military turmoil. And we have this virus turmoil happening all over the world. And if Paul were here, I think he'd say, look, we need to get something straight first. What reality are you living out of? the supernatural reality that shapes the kingdom of God or the reality of the natural, the devil, culture, and your own wishes and desires, your own flesh. I think Paul would say, and I would agree, that the first thing God calls us to is intimacy with God in our life. It's to come back to that place. And so as we head back into Ephesians chapter four next week. I want to just leave that thought with you, leave this with you as we step back into that. We are faced 
you know, with a, a landscape in front of us that has two platforms to live off of, two ways of thinking. Paul said, don't be conformed to this world's way of processing, of engaging, of filtering, of acting and behaving and believing and doing, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which comes through scripture. It comes through um, the practices of our prayer life, of silence and solitude, of meditating devotionally on scripture, these things we've been doing in our small in-person gatherings together, the transformation of our life and the living out of the reality of God's kingdom come when we immerse ourselves in the perspective and truth and reality of Jesus. When moments of prayer through our day come to define our reality more than what we hear on the news, when his word to us through scripture comes to define our lives more than the words of others over us. When relationship with him and his presence becomes the primary driving desire of our life. We begin to walk in the reality of the kingdom of God. And from that place, from that foundation, we can walk and live in victory. There's a reason that Paul ends in Ephesians chapter 6 with uh, a few verses on spiritual warfare. But warfare begins actually well before that in chapter 1. And this is the, the battle for your mind right now. Remember, Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, uh, you are loved by God. You're called by him. You've been chosen by him. You've been adopted by him. You've been given every power and blessing in God's kingdom in the spiritual and heavenly realms. You face three main opponents to living out the purposes and plans of God for your life. The kingdom of darkness and the devil, our cultural ideas and norms and the zeitgeist of our culture and your own desires and flesh. But believe today that you are loved, that God has called you and gifted you and equipped you and you have everything you need from him right now to walk in victory and peace and strength in your life, even in the midst of everything we're going through. I'll see you next week as we dive back into chapter four. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church at and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.